guys? Welcome back to That's Cool. I'm your host, Rob Kalanjis. And today, I'm back again with my buddy, Chris. What's up, what's up, Chris? What's up? Great to be back. Yes, sir. And today, we're going to be talking about some NBA content with you guys. But before we get into that, I'm going to give you guys my picks of the day. Uh, today, I have Lightning Moneyline minus 110, and I have the under at 6 at minus 115. I think the Lightning tie up the series tonight against the Avalanche, and I think that this game hits the under, considering the last three games really have been a whole lot of scoring and stuff like that. I think they're just going to have a closer game today than they usually would. I also am 2-0 on this week as well, so we're looking to keep up that hot streak and you know keep your bankrolls high as well. And before we dive into the news and stuff like that, we just wanted to, both Chris and I wanted to send our condolences out to the Swanigan family. Uh, Caleb Swanigan at 25 died for the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, awful, you know, never want to see something like that happen to anybody. Uh, just a shame. So now, first section of this podcast, today we're going to be talking about some NBA news, kind of recapping what's going on in the world of basketball. And first things first, P.J. Tucker declined a $7.4 million extension with the Heat, and the 76ers, as of right now, are looking to be the team to sign him for a three-year, $30 million deal. Chris, what are your thoughts on that? I'm a big fan of P.J. Tucker, but at 37, even though he's a great asset to any team, high-reward, high low-risk type of player, 37 is just too old for that type of extension. I would look to sign him for maybe a one- to two-year deal, team-friendly option. Yeah, no, I 100% agree years. with that. I feel like, considering P.J. Tucker's age and how much he gives you, I feel like... 10 million a year is a little bit much, but at the same time, it is a 76ers, right? They are trying to improve their team in any way they can. Also, the Hornets are shopping out Gordon Hayward and a first round pick. Uh, there were talks about him and like that trade going through with Miles Turner for the Indiana Pacers, but ultimately nothing came about of it. You know, it just sucks seeing Gordon Hayward fall off the way that he did from a star in Boston and Utah to now being a role player that no one really even wants, right? It's a shame to see it ultimately go that way for Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I mean, Gordon Hayward, what is he, 32 now? I mean, Something it's, like it's that, yeah. To see. But I do understand what the Hornets are doing. I do agree with that move. I would definitely try to get a big man. I mean, like, you look, DeAndre Ayton wants to be moved. So mm-hmm. someone like him who can score, you can use the pick and roll with LaMelo Ball, who's a great passer. We'll have the development of LaMelo, and that'll just be, like, opening up their offense more. I agree with that 100%. Maybe not. They won't get DeAndre, yeah, but you know, but a you know, big yeah, man yeah, capable. a big man who's capable. Uh, the 76ers and the Suns are interested in signing Eric Gordon, uh, who is a free agent from the Houston Rockets. I haven't heard much about Eric Gordon recently, right? I mean, I completely forgot about him. I know when a couple of years ago in Houston with Chris Paul and those guys, he was like the number three guy who could score from everywhere, good three point shooter. I don't know if he still is. I completely forgot about this guy, but. Definitely, I feel like the Phoenix Suns could use him a little bit more than the 76ers could. But, you know, whoever whoever he ends up, I'm sure he'll be an, uh, an addition to that team and help that team improve. Yeah, he's definitely good. Did, did he start last year? I don't even know if he started. I don't remember. Um, I assume he did. He yeah, must have. I mean, if you were to go to, like, a team like the Suns, I think you'd probably come off the bench, which mm-hmm. is a great move for your bench. You provide some shooting. And, like, he's a great player, but 33, you want to be careful with the amount of money you're getting out to a guy like him. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Batum testing free agency. Nicholas Batum turned down his $3.3 million player option with the Los Angeles Clippers to become a free agent. Uh, I think Nick Batum is an idiot for this. I don't know what he's thinking, right? Do you think you're more, worth more than $3.3 million? Because you're not. If you think you are, you're not. Um, 
You're playing on a Clippers team that has possibility to be a contending team, right, in the West. Uh, I don't know why you would leave this team, but I guess he feels he's worth more than $3.3 Yeah, I mean, last year he averaged, what, eight points, um, 46 from the field, four rebounds, and an assist, a steal. It's like those numbers. Yeah, I mean, what is the production level? He wants more than $3 million. Yeah, I mean, what, what is this guy thinking? He's 33. I mean, he's in a good position right now on a winning team that is has a guy like Kawhi Leonard coming back from injury. It's like, just stay where you are. Yeah, I don't know what this guy's thinking. I mean, like I said, I don't know. I mean... I'll take three point three million. I mean, if you don't want it, yeah, give it to me. I'll take it. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't agree with what he's doing. Kings. All right. Whew. Kings GM said they're looking to establish a winning culture here in Sacramento. Uh, when I first hear this winning culture um, from their GM, this really pisses me off. You know, this is a team like Sacramento who they don't play in a small market. Right, you play in Sacramento, California. That's not a small market. Second of all, you've had talent on this team. You've had Demarcus Cousins. You've had Bradley Heal, or not Bradley. You've had Bradley Buddy Heal. Buddy Heal, that's his name. Thank you. You had Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, you have De'Aaron Fox. You've had talent on this team. You've had talent on this team, and you've just pissed it all away. You trade Tyrese Halliburton, which is foolish. Which is completely foolish. You get into Sabonis because Marvin Bagley wasn't the player that you thought he was going to be. Right. All the moves that this this Kings organization makes just makes this team worse. You trade away, what's his name? Trade away Demarcus Cousins. What'd you even get? What'd they get for Demarcus Cousins? I did they get? Um, didn't he just leave? I think or he might have just he, left. But even then, even if they just yeah, thank you. Look that up for me real quick. But I mean, this is a team that has had talent. This is a team that has not been anything in the last ten years. This is a team that's not going to be anything in the next twenty years. This team sucks. It's going to continue to suck. And it's because they don't want to win. So. The um, Kings, they traded away um, Cousins along with some bum like Omri Caspi mm-hmm. um, for Buddy Heald, Tyreek Evans, Langston Galloway, and the Pelicans' 2017 first and second round picks. I mean, besides Buddy Heald, who's mediocre at best, why the hell would you ever make that trade? I mean, this organization's talking about winning culture. This team's never had a winning culture. This team will never have a winning culture. This team sucks. This team is a team that's going to be terrible for years and years to come. I don't trust anything that the Kings tell me. By the way, that they've pissed talent away, the way that they've failed drafts, the way that they've shipped out talent like Halliburton for Sabonis who, because they failed with Bag. I don't even want to talk about the Kings anymore. Yeah, but the fact that the GM even had to say that they're trying to establish a winning culture is like, isn't that what you're trying to do? Yeah, exactly. Isn't that what you want to do in the first place, win? Because, so yeah. The fact that you even have to say that. The fact you have to say that is, yeah, like you said, that's embarrassing. Lastly, for the NBA news portion, Bradley Beal declines $37 million team option. Chris, where do you see him going? Because I know us Celtics fans are, you know, they're all saying, oh, Bradley Beal's coming to Boston. What are your thoughts? I think, so being a Celtics fan, I personally don't want him on the Celtics, but I think he would love to go to the Celtics Mm -hmm. or any contender at that level like the Sixers. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's teams in the league that could look for an upgrade at point guard. Like you could see, like I think the Sixers especially would try to get rid of. I mean, do they want even want to keep Harden? Like if, yeah, if you're they the might Sixers, sign him. If you're the Sixers, I would rather have Beal right now than Harden. So I think that would be a great move for them. And then the Celtics, I don't think that the front office would want to clog up the um, offense with Bradley Beal. He's a great player, obviously, but we don't need. I mean, obviously, extra scoring is good, but to a certain extent. 
You don't want to clock like if you look at the 2019 Celtics. With exactly. Kyrie came back. You don't want to have that same situation um, roll out again. So like the Celtics, I don't think they should go after him. I think the Sixers do, should though. I mean, like he would be a great fit with them. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that the, I think Bradley Beal will go to Seventy Sixers. That's honestly my opinion. Where I think he ends up going, uh, there or Miami, one of the two. But Boy, Miami would also be a great fit. I think he'll fit. Butler. Yeah, him and Butler would be nice. I think he's obviously like you said, he's going to contender contending team. I think he's staying in the East. It's just a matter of where, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for the news portion of this podcast. And now we're going to move to the main topic of today's podcast, which is Chris and I are going to be going over three teams that are that have the worst future and three teams that have the best future in the NBA. So the first team that we're going to be talking about for the worst future in the NBA is the Los Angeles Lakers. That might be a shock to some people. I don't really think it is. I don't really think it should be, considering that the Los Angeles Lakers, when you look at their roster, really don't have that much going for them. Yeah, I mean, look, their best player is still LeBron James, 37 years old. Anthony Davis, 29, coming off an injury. Russell Westbrook's old. Carmelo Anthony's old. Dwight Howard's old. Their bench, they traded away all their assets over the years. Yep. Oh, like everyone. I mean, they had multiple guys who you could argue are all-star caliber players like Brendan Ingram, like Julius Randle. Lonzo. Away. Yeah, Lonzo Ball is a great point guard, yeah. great defender, great passer. Alex Caruso, too. I mean, Josh Hart. Yeah, they traded away talent. I agree with Kyle, that. Uh, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, you yeah, there's on, another guy. You could go on and on about the way the roster has been managed. To bring in guys like Agent Carmelo, Dwight Howard. I mean, obviously, LeBron, when he signed there, he's going to have some stay, have some say in who gets to stay with the team. Yeah, of course. Like, it's the GM. Yeah, I mean, mean but like, you have to, at some point, say no to trading away these young guys in pursuit of superstars who are aging. Like, Russell Westbrook at this point is not someone you want. Yeah, and I mean, look, he's making $44 million. He's making more than LeBron. He's making more than Kevin Durant. I mean, does anyone really think Russell Westbrook deserves $44 million? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. His playing style doesn't really fit that well with the Lakers either because he's not the main guy. It's like yeah, he's, I agree. He, he's not the best guy to have as a number two option, number three option. I agree. He's like a mini LeBron, but he can't yeah. facilitate as well as LeBron. He's definitely not as good of a shooter either. I mean, when you look at it too, LeBron's making $41 million. Anthony Davis making $35 million. And we already talked about Russell Wilson or Russell Westbrook making forty-four million. Excuse me, but when you look at this roster, they don't have a lot of cap space, right? Horton Tucker making nine and a half million, Kendrick Nunn making five million. Like, where do you go from here? You just got basically a bunch of veterans on the minimum contract on your team. You don't really have a whole lot to offer to teams coming to LA. Yeah, you have LA, the storied franchise, but I get they brought the coach in from Milwaukee. I do like him. But let's just be honest, LeBron maybe has three, four years left. Russell uh, Westbrook, if that, he's got three to four years left. Anthony Davis. Who knows? Yeah, who knows with Anthony Davis? He's been hurt so many times throughout his career. You really don't know with Anthony Davis. So to me, I think that the Lakers don't have a very good future. I mean, yeah, they have draft picks. That's going for them. But again, you have too many vets, not enough young guys. I mean, Malik Monk is really their best young guy. Which, I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing really to say. It's like they're, they're just old and they don't have a bench. They throw away everyone for aging superstars and that's just yeah. never Poor management. Yeah. Poor management. The next team we're going to be talking about, I'd say, probably has the worst uh, management, the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, wow. I mean, the first thing first when you talk about the Brooklyn Nets, I think it's obvious it has to be mentioned. Kevin Durant in the Kyrie Irving situation. 
Right now, Kyrie Irving basically leaving Brooklyn, right? It's basically confirmed that he's going to not be playing in the Nets uniform next year. And if that's the case, Kevin Durant's openly said that, hey, I don't want to play in Brooklyn, right? I do not want to play in Brooklyn without Kyrie. I don't blame him. But he no longer wants to play in Brooklyn. So then you look at this team. You got Ben Simmons, who's getting $33 bucks a year. You got Joe Harris, who's making $17 bucks a year. You got Seth Curry making $8 million a year. Does this team have some young players? Yeah, I'd say it has more than the Lakers. I'd say, you know, Bruce Definitely Brown, Nick Claxton, Nick Claxton, right? Kessler Edwards has potential, Cam Thomas, but like, yeah. It's just, their, their bench didn't, those guys didn't produce at all in the playoffs. Yeah. And I mean, you're looking at two, Lamarcus Aldridge, 36. He's going to retire, or he should retire. I mean, he's a bum. He's washed. Seth Curry, I like Seth Curry, but I don't think he's worth $8 million, right? I think he's a four or $5 million type guy. Andre Drummond, 28. He's not the guy that we thought he was. Blake Griffin is washed up. Definitely. Yeah. Right? Patty Mills, he's not washed, but he's definitely somebody who isn't what he used to be. So to me, I think that Brooklyn is a great example of poor management. Yeah, similarly to the Lakers, they traded away all of their young assets, like guys like Karis LeBert, Spencer Dimity, Jarrett Allen, who's now an all star, and pursued them superstars. And they don't even keep James Harden. KD and Kyrie might leave as well. So it's like an example of. Poor management, and then it's just like, what are you gonna? Is Ben Simmons even gonna play next year? Who knows? There's so many questions with the Nets on roster. It's, it's just sad to see, really. Yeah, I think this is gonna be one of the worst stories in uh, NBA history, right? You had three All Stars, three of arguably the best players at the top of the game with Harden, Kyrie, and Durant, and this team never even made it to a conference championship. I mean, they didn't even make it out of the second round. Yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it's like it's really just sad. Yeah, it's sad. It's embarrassing. I mean, it's disgraceful to the city of Brooklyn. So that's our third team that we believe will have a horrible future. And now the last team that will have one of the worst futures in the NBA is the Utah Jazz. Take it away, Chris. So the Utah Jazz, if you look at over the past couple of years, there's been so many countless stories about the chemistry issues and the toxicity level between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, those two stars. Those two guys might not even stay with the team. You've seen so many reports that they might not even, one of, if not both of them might leave. And then you look at who else is starting for them. Mike Conley, he's 34. You look at Bogdanovich, he's 33. Clarkson off the bench, he's 30. So it's like they're old. They have no chemistry. They just lost their coach. I mean, it's like those three things alone really show that they have a poor future. Yeah, and I mean, on top of that, which is all true, Bojan Bogdanovich, he's making $18 million, right? Mike Conley's making $21 million. Jordan Clarkson's Clarkson uh, has $12 million. Like, I get it, right? Rudy Gay's getting paid damn near $6 million. Right, like I get it. You have to overpay guys to bring them in, considering that you play for a small market in Utah. Right, no one wants to play in Utah. I get that, a hundred percent. Don't get me wrong, but you're signing guys who don't, who aren't worth the money. Yeah, this team has some young guys with like Nikhil Alexander Walker, Eric Pascal, right? Or, I mean, but that's really it. That's really their only young stock, like young future building points. This team does not have a whole lot going for them. This is a team that's going to lose their best two players in Mitchell and Gobert, right? And when those two guys go, like we said, who do you have? I mean, you're not going to be able to ship out Mike Conley because no one's going to want to take on his $21 million contract. And no one's going to take on Bogdanovich's $18 million contract. So you're stuck with those guys. And you're stuck with no no superstars. I mean, another example of poor management to me. So without further ado, that's going to wrap it up for our three worst teams. So now our three best teams. Let's start with the best team 
that has one of the brightest futures in the NBA, the Boston Celtics. Chris? I mean, it goes without saying, they just made the finals, and look at the young stars of Jason Day and Jalen Brown, 24, 25 years old. Robert Williams, all defensive center, 24. Marcus Smart's in his 20s. And the only guy in our starting lineup who's in the 30s is Al Horford. And off our bench, our three, our top guys off the bench, Derek White, he's 27. Peyton Pritchard, he's 24. And Grant Williams is also, he's 23. So it's like, again, a very young team. Uh, they had a first-year head coach who's inexperienced who had a great year in his first year. They, I mean, like, it, like they're superstars in the playoffs. Tatum had the most turnovers out of any um, um, player in NBA history in one, fi- in, um, one postseason. So it's like, even with that, they made the finals. It was like that yeah. goes to show that they have such a great future ahead of them as well. It, like, all they really need are internal improvements. Cleaning up those turnovers, especially from, like, the two stars. It's really all they need. Maybe one bench player. It's like they really have one of the most well-put-together rosters in yeah. the league. It's a good point. I mean, when you look like what Chris just said, I mean, you really can't say it better. You got a great coach who emphasizes playmaking ability, you know, emphasizes development. You have a great GM in Brad Stevens who doesn't do too much as a GM, right? Which Danny Ainge arguably was doing in Boston. But I mean, this team just made the finals as with their best players being 25 and 24, right? You know, Jason Tatum, the 24, he's played in what, three Eastern Conference finals or two of them? Four, yeah. Three for Tatum, four for Brown, I think. Like, these guys have been in the playoffs every single year of their career. Same thing with Smart. Either. Yeah, and Smart. Smart, Al, Al's you know. Experience. Yeah, it's like they have experience. Like, they, these guys have had their playoff experience. Even though they're young, experienced team. Yeah, well. they've played a great amount of time in the playoffs. It's a team that, although they're young, they know, right? And now that they made it to the finals, which they've never been to before that, now they have that finals experience. You better believe if they ever make it again, they're going to win it. So, so they are, and like you could say, Tatum arguably had a bad finals. So it's like our best player had how many turnovers? Yeah, no, he had a horrible finals. We still made it to Game Six. That, yeah, that, that's just that, that. You could say that's a knock on our, on the Celtics, but really that's uh, that's right spot. Yeah, no, I think that is a bright our spot. Our best player yeah. had a bad finals, and we still made it to Game Six and almost won the series. You could say, and like the, some of the games we blew, it's like that just shows. Yeah, you clean up those small issues. Like in, in, we could be NBA champs. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. So I don't really think that we need to uh, talk to you guys and give you guys that much convincing about the Boston Celtics. I think that's pretty well understood. Now, the second team that we're going to be discussing as a team with the brightest futures is the Memphis Grizzlies. right? When you look at the Memphis Grizzlies, what stands out with the Memphis Grizzlies? All these guys are young, and they can ball. right? This team forced the, what was it? Warriors to six games without Jaw. Yeah, without Jaw for a couple games. Yeah, they forced them to six games, right? This team beat a good young Minnesota Timberwolves team. This is a team that you bring Jaw Morant back, you get him healthy, you get him playing well. This team, the sky's the limit. You know, you got Jaron Jackson Jr., you got Jarrett Culver, you got Brandon Clark, you got Desmond Dylan Brooks, Baines. you got Desmond Bain, you got Kyle Anderson, Steven Adams, right? This team is loaded with talent. Tyrus Jones, I mean, it just goes on and on. This team is loaded with young stars, young potential stars, I should say, and just a whole lot of talent. The only thing that's going to be knocking this team in the future is, you know, they're all going to want to get paid, right? That's going to be the only thing that knocks this team. But, I mean, wow, this team really does have a whole lot of potential as well. This team's like the Boston Celtics, right? You know what they are, what they're capable of. They just got to get better as a group. Everyone on the team needs to improve. And this team can be an NBA contending or NBA championship contending team. Yeah, I mean, was Desmond Bain what in his second year? Yeah, and like 
He he reminds me of the him and John Morant. Honestly, I mean, it sounds kind of dumb, but they honestly remind me a little bit of like Stephen Clay. Yeah, the one-two punch. It's like, like the defense of Desmond Bain along with his shooting, and then John Morant being like the flashy one. It's like those two together have, can have some great chemistry along with like a big guy in Jaron Jackson Jr. Some great pieces around them with like Dylan Brooks. And like they have a great, great young core. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree with that. You know, Desmond Bain averaged eighteen, right? You get him scoring with. Jaw and get Jared Jackson locking down is also producing. Yeah, yeah I think the Memphis Grizzlies are a great team. They got defense. They got rebounding with Stephen Adams. They got all the pieces to the puzzle that they need to be a contending team in this league. And again, they're all young, so that it provides that they can you know dominate for years to come. So I 100% love that the Memphis Grizzlies are a team that has a very bright future in the NBA. Now the last team with one of the brightest futures in the NBA is the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the Minnesota Timberwolves are one of the most slept-on teams going into next season, right? You got Ant Edwards at 20. You got Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley. You got Jaden McDaniels. You got Cat. You got Jared Vanderbilt, Cancel Russell, right? This team has a lot of positives, positives, right? Ant going into his third year at 20. Like, what? That's crazy. Anthony Towns, great player. D'Angelo Russell, great player. This team, I wouldn't say they're on the same level as the Grizzlies or the Celtics, right? They maybe lack a couple more pieces or maybe switch out Russell for somebody else, right? You know, maybe they need one more guy. But if this team can continue to develop the way that they should, this team should 100% be a contending team for years to come. Yeah, I mean, it's, what, 20 years old? That's all you need to know. Yeah. He's just 20. Yeah, that's all you need to know. And the way he's dominating the league, the way that he's taken over at 20 is quite quite remarkable. I mean, this guy's averaging 21, 4, and 3. Obviously, you wish he could score more, or I mean not score more, facilitate better, sure. But I mean, for a shooting guard, this guy in his second year in the NBA is producing incredibly. This team has a lot of bright things going for him. They can keep the core together. Maybe add some key bench players, get some more improvement from their bench, and just all the guys develop together. I think that the Grizzlies are not the Grizzlies, excuse me, the Timberwolves are a team that you could definitely see lead a contending team in the future. And with that being said, guys, that's gonna wrap it up for today's episode of That's Cool. I was your host, Rob Colon, just joined by my buddy Chris. Great to be here. Thank yeah. you for listening. Yes, sir. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at That's Cool and on Instagram at That's Cool as well. And stay tuned for bigger things coming as well. Now, before I say peace, I just want to let you guys know that the podcast will now be uploaded Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three days a week instead of previous five with work and a whole lot of other things in the way. We're going to change it to three days a week. So with that being said, guys, I'll see you next time. Peace.